0: Yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. glory. With the redeemed. Never Never stand. There'll be no more sorrow. No, no more pain. There'll be no, be no, more, strife. Strife. no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness it of a likeness. Savior. Ready to live. I'll, be glad. Glad. I'll have a new body. Praise, Praise the Lord. I'll have a new life. In perfection, youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life we'll Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory Never stand there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Life. Yes, raising the likeness, In same, likeness ready to live, I'll will be, be glad, I'll have a new body. Praise, Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, life. eternal life. Wow. hallelujah morning when the last trump of God shall sound. A new life, eternal grains, grains, all bursting saints, are shouting, heavenly beauty all around. I'll have
1: a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new,
0: new, life. Have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, carnal, glory, with a reading no Never God stand. Stand. there'll be no more sorrow, no, no more pain, there'll be no more strife, no strife. strife. yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness, ready to live, I'll be glad. glad.
1: Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you see in Him, I find forgiveness, joy, peace, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple, friend. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion and life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming, in our study section, we're going to be talking about wages. Wages and a gift. Wages and a gift. What did you earn And what gift are you willing to accept? Look forward to that. But first, a few things along the way. And the first is Headline News. Get this. One in five churches may shutter their doors in the next 18 months, according to a Group president, David Kinneman. That's right, folks. As churches slowly reopen under new restrictions across the country, Kinneman believes some may not survive the economic tur- downturn, the disruptions related to giving, and maybe even as important to all that is that even for those churches that have reopened, they're seeing much smaller numbers of people. So simply a reopening a church doesn't fix the underlying economic challenges that you might have. He also predicted that the digital, digital church is here to stay as online attendance continues to climb. At the beginning of the pandemic, 70% of pastors responded that they were very confident that they will make it. Now, however, that number has dropped to 58%. Folks, get that. Get that. Bonner President, one in five churches may shut their doors because of the pandemic. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm, folks. My oh my. Well, get this, Germany is set to honor Sophia Scholl. Sophia Scholl. In February 1943, German university student Sophia Scholl was convicted of high treason against the Nazi regime and executed by guillotine. Last week, Germany announced that it will honor this Christian martyr With a sterling silver commemorative coin, scheduled for circulation in time of her 100th birthday, which is in 2021, the coin will bear Sophia's likeness with her words, a feeling for what is just and unjust along the edge. Sophia was raised, along with her older brother Hans, in nominal Lutheran households. Like most German children at the time, she was a member of the League of German Girls and her brother a member of the Hitler Youth. However, as they grew up they became more and more disillusioned by the nazification of virtually every area of German life and Hitler's tyrannical opposition to much they believed to be good, such as works of art and music considered to be non aryan As students at the University in Munich In the early 1940s, they began to seriously consider, partly due to the influence of Christian professors, what their faith was demanding of them. Finally, the slaughter of Polish Jews and Russian POWs pushed them to act against Nazi atrocities. Hans founded an underground resistance group called the White Rose and began with a few friends to write, publish, and distribute leaflets advocating passive resistance to Hitler's policies. When Sophia, having arrived at the university after her brother was introduced to his friends, she insisted on joining their group, and so they acquired a typewriter and mimeograph machine to produce leaflets and brought paper and stamps in small amounts from different sources so as not to arouse suspicion. They would mail them anonymously to nearby homes and distribute them secretly around the university campus. While distributing their sixth group of leaflets at the university, Hans and Sophia, along with their friend Christopher, were discovered, arrested, and charged with treason. Within four days, they had been accused, tried, condemned, and executed. Sophia was just 21. According to several witnesses, Sophia died as she had lived, with grace and courage and without regret. She was led to the guillotine, she reportedly said, such a fine sunny day and I have to go. What does my death matter if through us thousands of people are awakened and stirred to action? The Skull siblings refused to flee from their culture as we are tempted to do today. To seek safe shelter for ourselves and our children from the depravities around us. Safety, however, is never the goal of the Christ follower. Faithfulness is. As the prophet Jeremiah described, Faithfulness to God requires we seek the welfare of the city, of the nation to which we are called. And if we are to be what Paul called ministers of reconciliation, we have to figure out what it means to be the world and not of it. There you go, folks. There you go. Germany set to honor Sophia Scholl. Amen, folks. Amen. Well, now get this. A majority of Americans, and nearly a third of evangelicals, say Jesus was a good teacher, but was not God, according to a new survey, by Ligonier Ministries. It was conducted by LifeWay Research. All total, 52% of Americans say they believe Jesus was a good teacher, but was not God. The confusion illustrating these results suggests a dire need for Christians to be taught Christology, the doctrine of the person and work of Jesus Christ, Ligonier said. Get that, folks. Drifting away from scripture, 30% of evangelicals say Jesus was not God. Poll shows. Folks, we got a lot of work to do. We need to be preaching Jesus Christ, his divinity, that he was God. He was the son of God. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. (music) this day in church history. In 1572 in Lyon, France, following the onset of the St. Bartholomew's Day's massacre, officials place Protestants under protective custody in the city's co- convents and jails. It does not save their lives. Two days later, crowds will break in and massacre the prisoners by sword, strangulation and drowning. Witnesses report that the Fone River flows red from the blood of thousands of mutilated corpse. In 1683, on this day in church history, John Dick, a Scotsman who is a fugitive of, for his coventure faith under King Charles II administration, is captured and brought before the Committee of Public Affairs. Although Dick manages to escape, he would be recaptured a few months later. And hang. Mm. What people will do, folks. And finally, on this day in church history, in 1831, Michael Faraday, a devout Christian, induces an electrical current in one wire from the current in another, a discovery that utterly transforms the world, without which there would be no electronic computers, no power lines. No telephones, no internet. Mmm, glory, hallelujah. That's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have named that Bible character. Here is your clue. I was the father of John, the writer of the gospel according to John. Who am I? Here's your clue one more time. I was the father of John, the writer of the gospel according to John. Who am I? We will reveal the final answer to that tantalizing question following our study section. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal. And our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Well, folks, get your coffee, get your Bible together, and let's study the Word of God. We have the study called Wages and a Gift. And so we'll just get right into it in our study. Romans chapter 6, the last verse of Romans chapter 6, verse 23. So turn with me there, friend. I think if you're driving or if you're listening or wherever you are, I think you everybody knows what a wage is. So Paul here sums everything that he's been talking about in this chapter of Romans chapter 6. Everything from what it looks like to be baptized and what that really means, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are living and experiencing the gospel in real time. And then how that changes us completely, how we have a a different perspective, a different world view. And what that means, and it means that we have, uh, we have another master. Uh, we're, we're no longer living under the realm of Satan. We have put on Jesus Christ and have called upon him as our Lord and Savior. So Paul is addressing all of those points and issues to the Romans and the Christians there in Rome. And he ends this chapter by saying this: "For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death." I want you to grasp just how powerful that phrase is: "The wages of sin is death." Now, as I was referring to you earlier, everybody kind of understands what a wages is from a early childhood we we have uh, a, a kind of an entry point to what it means to earn something. We have an allowance. If we do these things we'll get a dollar or we'll get three or we get five. If you make your bed up every day you'll get five dollars. So even as a young child we we start having this idea of what it means to work or to do something and get paid for. And later on, as we continue to grow and as we become teenagers, we do odd jobs or part-time jobs, and we start realizing, developing an understanding and the concept of what a wage really is. And um, and then by the time we reach adulthood, we work eight hours a day, sometimes more. But we're working for a specific price per hour, or sometimes people get paid by the end of the day or by the end of the week a certain amount of money. But that's the idea. That's the concept of. This accounting term of a wage is something that we've earned because we've actually worked for. Worked for this, this many hours in one day, and we expect to be paid a certain amount. Well, Paul here says, he uses that term to illustrate the power of sin. And what sin earns us. A lot of people think they can earn their way into heaven. You can't earn anything as far as spiritual matters is concerned, as far as trying to earn your way into heaven. You cannot do it, no matter how hard you try. You don't have the power. You don't have the means. All we can do, if we're believers, is to rely on, and be obedient to the Gospel message to the Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to his powerful words through His spirit that moves us and shapes us that's all we could those are the things that helps us and gets us ready for our entry point into heaven by the grace of God. Paul says, "I am what I am, but Paul says we Earn over our lifetime, our sin earns us death. It's a terrible truth. The wages of sin equals death. You cannot minimize that. You cannot overstate that. It is so true that it hurts whether you've sinned lightly, as some people would call it, or sin in a huge way as others would call him. Maybe you don't feel like, well, your sin is not so bad by comparison. But you know, Paul earlier said that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have missed the mark. All have sinned against God and his law. So what? no matter what you think, no matter how good you think you may be, You've earned, Paul says, you've earned a wage. You've been earning it all along, ever since you were able to make good, sound decisions. And that's called wages of sin. All it took was that one lie. All it took was that one theft. All it took was that one ugly comment. All it took was you to make that one sin. And James tells us, if we violated one law of God, it says this, we violated all of it. The wages of sin is death. But Paul really is trying to get them to see this. As Christians, he's trying to remind them. Secondly, he's trying to remind them. One, he was trying to remind them of the power of sin. It's it's wages. It ends in death. It equals death. That's what you earn by sin. His second thing he's trying to accomplish here in this statement, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, is this. Don't go back to the old life. Don't go back. To the old way. Don't go back. It equals death. It only brings you misery. You can't go back. Because why? Why go back to death? That's what he's trying to get them to see. Here's the great news. With God there's always good news friend. And the great news is. But. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Somebody get me. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul said, number one, the way to sin is death. Uh, And number two, don't go back. Don't go back to death. Don't go back to death living. it can You won't get anywhere can't grow is nothing worthwhile in that way of life but over here in jesus it's life the world of difference between light and darkness the gift of god the free gift now we all know something about gifts we have birthdays and we get gifts if you have children you give gifts to each children you remember giving gifts to your children at age one, at an age where they had absolutely no idea what was going on? And yet, out of the abundance of love in our hearts, we just bestowed upon them all those gifts. They didn't do anything to earn it. They're a gift to us, and we given the gift to them, whatever it may be. You know, a lot of times we give gifts unexpectedly. this action taken because... We initiated without any preconditions or expectations. which is here, we love you. Those are very powerful moments time a gift is given. so Paul here says though the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus amen. it's free um. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 4, he says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places, In Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your anointing. It is the gift of God. God initiated. He says in John 3, verse 16, that passage heard across the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's a free gift. You did nothing to earn it. We earned death. That's the wages of it. But the free gift is offered by God even though we deserve something else. God says, here, I love you. Here is my son. Romans 5, Paul puts it this way in verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Grace, amazing grace bestowed upon us. A free gift. You remember back in John chapter 4, Right? On chapter four, uh, in verse 10, Jesus was asking a woman of Samaria, the Samaritan woman, as we refer to it. He says, "Uh, give me some water. She's like, perplexed. She's like, why are you asking me? I'm I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. It's just impossible. I'm a woman, blah, 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 blah. But Jesus said, hey, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is, who says and ask you. He would have given you living water. And he goes on later on explains what he means by that living water. That it will flow in you. Up in you. All in you. Into everlasting life. You see that's the gift. The indescribable gift of God that He bestowed upon us, the gift of amazing grace, the gift that we have our sins removed, the gift of God, and all we can do is reach out. It's like the Samaritan woman says, Sir, give me this water, so I may never thirst again and have in me flowing into everlasting life. Well, amen, amen for Romans 6, verse 23. Friend, will you earn death or accept by faith eternal life in Jesus Christ? And now we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. I was the father of John, the writer of the gospel according to John. Who am I? Zebedee. That's right, folks. Zebedee. Matthew 4, 21. Going on from thence, you saw two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. I was the father of John, the writer of the gospel according to John. Who am I? Zebedee. And name that Bible character. Well, friend, you too. And become a follower of Jesus Christ. Join his magnificent following. Be in his kingdom. Live forever. All you need to do is give your life over to him. Submitting to him in repentance and baptism. You'll find peace, joy, happiness, forgiveness, be blessed beyond measure, more than you can ever, ever deserve. My goal here is very simple that is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com. Normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this thank you for joining and being with me in this show today. May God bless you.
0: I am so happy now, you may be asking how, nothing would keep me down because my heart is safe and sound. Oh, how my Lord was true, my Lord was true, Even when life seemed dark and no one could no one takes the gift that set me free. Jesus has given me His wonderful gracious. Jesus died for me. So I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. Once I was lost in sin, no one would take me in. I was beyond repair and all oh, my life was in despair my Lord was true, oh, my Lord was true, when, when life, went, life seemed dark and blue. no one came so from me, no one the gift that set me free. Jesus has given me His wonderful grace, wonderful grace Jesus died for so me, so I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. Jesus has given me His grateful wonderful grace, grace Jesus G- died for so me, so I sing this Song because I'm looking to, to eternity. eternity. I am so happy now. I am so, you, you may be asking how not nothing will, will keep me stand stand down because my heart Lord, is safe I'm and sound. sound oh how my Lord is true, my Lord is true. true. life seems dark and blue. no one can thank from days no oh, from the gift and set What's me free.